I already have questions about that, but I'll save them. Yeah, and I know what your questions are, and they're they're warranted. Yeah. A lot of shit's convenience in here and uh, planning ahead. Most people in prison, this might blow your mind, most people in prison are, uh, they're not, they don't exactly plan ahead, right? So that's where the pop guy steps in. Because you got to go through a process, you know what I mean? You can't just buy a pop, you have to have a card and whatever. We'll talk about it. But you might be short on cap, but yeah, we're not going to talk. All right. Well, uh, you want to do this after chow or... Or what? What what do you mean, what? Let's start right now. All right, fuck it. Let's start Uh, right now. I don't have an introduction in front of me. Um, Greetings from the prison industrial complex. Okay, I like that better. Can I still say Bienvenidos? No. Okay. Um, I also have uh, down as the title or a working theme that I'm going to start in the beginning and then try to uh, weave back in at the end the irony of the black market system uh, in prison and its policies and the politics involved. I like that. Black market is a good way to, yeah, I like that. Edgy. Black (laughs) markets matter. Uh, uh, No, all markets matter. Uh, Blue markets matter. (laughs) <laughs> uh, do uh, can you hear it raining here? Is that fucking anything up on the audio end? No, I cannot. Okay, let me uh, let me spit. Let me get uh, ready. Really, I'd like to pack a bigger dip and spit one time. I'm gonna <laughs> make sure not to step on this one. It's my new thing. <laughs> as soon as you start, I'm gonna go. <laughs> 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 and what do you want me to say? Uh, greetings from the uh, prison industrial complex. Yeah, I was from the Pen Podcast. Whatever you want to do. I thought we weren't supposed to mention it, or we don't want. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Fuck them. Okay. All right, uh, Mama C. Uh, I mean, um, Saint Producer. I think um, my brain's a little scrambled. I wish I'd have wrote down a little bit more of that. Uh, Introduction, but um, greetings. I got it, I got it. All subject matter in the preceding podcast is entirely alleged and not admissible in a court of law. A recklessly minimal effort has been taken to change the names and details of any guilty parties. And just in case you rat bastards get any ideas, the hosts of this podcast are notorious and well documented liars with no legally admissible credibility. This is Mama C, and you're listening to Notes from the Pin Podcast. Welcome to prison, bitch. And greetings from the prison industrial complex. This is Freddie Schnertz, and I'm driving the ship. You know who I got on the phone, and you know this is the Notes from the Pen podcast. What's up, Chino? You know, same old shit. I like that fucking intro. You know who's on the phone. Don't play coy with us. And in today's topics, we're going to we're going to discuss the irony of the black market system in prison and the policies and the politics that are involved within it. And it it really is kind of a jacked up thing. 
Like, uh, right? I mean, uh, there's there's all sorts of things you can't have or money you can't get sent to you. For instance, $50 a month. Like, you you're, you you don't get enough ramen noodles. Like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Just limited us on that, too. We just cut back because this corona thing, I guess, stretching the old Marachan factory a little thin. So now 15 instead of 30 a month. When I first came to prison, you could order 50 a store. Now you can... Order 30, and now it's down to 15. Eventually, we'll just be able to order a seasoning packet. <laughs> just, in a, just a seasoning packets from the ramen. Yeah, but then that'll get uh, distributed along the black market so you guys can snort it. So that'll be interesting. Uh, also, is there any update on the toilet paper situation? You told me that might be a problem. All bad news. All bad news. I'm rationing toilet paper like a shipwreck victim in a rubber dinghy in the Atlantic rations like the last uh, a bit of their saltines. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's bad. It's all bad. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's fucked my life up. Let's just say that. You know your shit's on, you're walking a tightrope when the amount of toilet paper you have either makes or breaks your mental stability. <laughs> and uh, that, that will likely create another black market. Somebody's going to have tissues or napkins or it something. Used to be. It used to be, right? And remember I told you I'd, when they'd come and pass it out on Wednesday, I'd because uh, I'd take a nap around that time. It's during count time. I'd leave a little soup right there in the uh, bars, and then I'd wake up. Instead of the two rolls I'd normally get, there'd be six in there. Yeah, you take care of them. You scratch their back. You, they scratch yours. Yeah. And we, I should also point out to the listeners that anytime we say soup or noodles, we're talking about ramen noodles. and An uh, individual, Pat. Individual ramen. And to go further into the exploitation of the prison industrial complex, out here on the outside, any of us can go to the dollar store. We can go to a Dollar Tree and get five for a dollar. However, so they're 20 cents a piece. How much do you spend? 35. They upped them. They were 31 cents a piece. Now they're 35 cents a piece. Which there's a steady inflation on the prices of the store list, right? But but those of us li- uh, uh stuck at $50 a month, limited at $50 a month, our shit isn't going up. So there's inflation on cost, but not inflation of pay. You got right. And the, re- and the reason that you only get $50 a month is because you still owe court costs and other shit, even though you had... Restitution. Yeah, and restitution. Yeah, which is a whole goddamn thing. So if you say, so if any of us sent Bobby money, basically they would snatch it up and send it towards his court costs, which he had a public defender. So I don't know. I guess that's still, but what the fuck? That's so exploitative. It's ridiculous. So thousand dollars after I was declared indigent and approved for a public defender, didn't go to trial. So there was no case that the public defender had to do. And when I get to prison, they hit me with a $6,000 fee for a lawyer with a lawyer. Okay, money well spent. I mean, it's a, it does a hell of a job. So, yeah. Can can we get into this cuz this is a, I got a lot of topics here or I got one topic but I got a lot of uh, a lot of ground to cover and we're going to be covering the hustles in prison. Black market economy. Right, but this black market is created because you're only allowed to have 50 fucking dollars a month. And if you truly are indigent, like your old uh, roommate, uh, what, Catfish, right? Yeah. Yeah, so old Catfish, he only got $11 for a whole month. And 
we'll do a whole side piece on that one. We don't need to get too far into catfish now, although he does the guy does interest me. So the the first uh, right has any prisoner named Catfish missing his uh, front teeth, uh, top and bottom, uh, that no one loves. Four top. Oh, four, four front. The most important ones. Did, uh, lights. Did, did Catfish have like whiskers or something like a weird mustache? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but he looked because of the missing teeth the front four. The other the I don't know uh, the other ones that that are you know. The fifth and sixth teeth looked like tusks. So I, I was always like, he looks like a walrus more than a catfish, but he did have whiskers. Okay. Perfect. So the first, um, the first side hustle in prison, so you can make a little bit of money on the black market that we're going to discuss, I want to ask you about, is uh, fudge and slash taffy. Now, I know you're a, a journeyman uh, in the taffy industry, uh, or, or was a long time ago, but yeah. go ahead. Well, that was my first. Uh, most of these things, well, a lot of these things that 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 are hustles in here, I've lear- had to learn to do out of necessity too, right? So, but this, but that was my first actual hustle, and um, I, my bunkie made fudge for a while too. But you know, that's like uh, that's any joint you go to, every unit you're in, there's a at least one, and usually two to three to four fudge guys, and one to two taffy guys. And the way, the way it works is you order powdered creamer for coffee, unflavored. Or you can use, they have, they have vanilla flavor where you can put a little twist on your taffy. And then uh, you order Kool-Aid and then mix it together, put, put the right amount of water, microwave it a bunch, and then uh, get it to the right consistency. And you lay, uh, you lay it out, cut it out, bag it up. I would crush up Jolly Ranchers and put it on top. And then you sell them for, uh, you can either make soup pieces or soap pieces. You know, soups are thirty-five cents. Soaps are sixty-something cents. And uh, but you know, it's not like you'll, they'll just only accept soaps. You can give them two soups for it. As 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 capital to pay for as payment. Yeah. Okay. As payment. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So I learned to do do taffy originally. You basically double, your, almost double your money. You know, I'd make a little. I make my pieces a little bigger. And uh, you know, I told you I was in level four doing this, and that was a good hustle because when you're locked down twenty-three hours a day. And uh, taffy, you could put in manila envelopes, and people could shoot strings under your door, and you would attach a, a envelope, and they could slide it under there, and you could make sales all night. Right, and that's the that and that process is called cars. You guys would do like like matchbox cars and yeah. sling them under the doors on a string, and hopefully make it to you the the guy's door that you're trying to sling under. Yeah, Bobby. So uh, we're talking about these cars, and I, I can I'm picturing like you like on one knee. Uh, trying to like fling like a hot wheels underneath the door to get to the door. Like that's catty corner to you and fling it under there. But you got a rope attached to it. And of course it's not a hot wheels. What'd you say? It's a little manila envelope. That's what I like to use. A lot of people use, uh, they'll take batteries and, and, and loop, uh, the string around the batteries, uh, you know, width wise and then lengthwise create a little cross with it. And they'll use those because they slide good across the floor. The floor is probably like uh, the hallway is probably like ten feet wide, and then uh, you know the shooting to the uh, door directly across me is easy. But then the um, the forty five degree angle ones are a little harder and shit. But yeah, I like using a manila. I, I perfected it with a with like folded up piece of paper, so it slide real good and give you a flat surface. The batteries are a little heavy, 
so yeah, so I'd be crouched down. A lot of times I'd have a nosy uh, or a bored bunkie that would be like, you know, okay, so in maximum security prisons, the one I'm in now is it was built like almost 100 years ago, so it's like those stereotypical cell bars you'd see, uh, you think of when you watch movies and shit like that. But maximum security prisons are solid steel doors with uh, probably five inch wide window. It's probably, I don't know, three feet tall, just right in the middle, a little strip of like break, uh, I don't know, reinforced safety glass type shit. With can, you, mesh going through. can you see through while you're crouched down or you need your bunkie to be no. eyes? No, no. You need, you need to like eyeball it and then crouch down and like from memory shoot it. But you know, you'll have a, no, a board bunkie that'll be over there. Like, oh, a little to the left, reel it in. So you don't have to get up and check and then you'll reel it in and shoot it. And eventually you get good at it. Okay. I got one more small question. Am I interrupting you? No. Where do you get string from? They got a, they got a, they got a Barnes and or not a Barnes and Noble, what like a Michael's craft store? I mean, how, where do you get string? Well, you can order uh, so, little tiny sewing kits like the size of a, a driver's license. You know, opens up, it's got thread, but that shit's not not sturdy enough. So we take uh, some people rip sheets in this in the strips and use it, but you can be charged for that because you're issued a certain amount of sheets and. The last thing I want to be is have them knock into my... And plus, they'll charge you like 15 bucks a sheet, which there's no way those fucking sheets cost that. So uh, I prefer... This takes a little bit longer, but it makes a better uh, a better fishing line. Is I'll take the, uh, the sheets and shit off the mat, and it's like a vinyl coating. And I don't know how to describe it. It's like a rip stop, so there's like, th- like thick, super thick dental floss type shit running across hatch you know, grid across it so you can't stick a knife in it and just slice through it. Or So you'll peel one of those out, and if you get the top layer, you can peel those and you'll tie them, tie them together, create like a 30-foot-long line, and then uh, you're in business. You're selling taffy throughout the night. And it wouldn't just be at night. You're locked down all fucking day in level four. I think you're out maybe 22 hours. I mean, you're you're in there for 22, 22 and a half hours. So... You kind of have to get good at doing that if you want to move anything. But it has to be able to fit under your cell door, which is like two inches if you're lucky. Right. So so your taffy, which I kind of think of as like a fruit roll-up, only a little bit different mm-hmm. consistency, would be flattened out, and you could uh, fling that thing right under, and it'd be fine. Now, uh, I, I got a long list here, but uh, just briefly, how do you make fudge? Is hot cocoa powder involved? Yeah, it is. I'm not not the best at making it, but there is some of that. There's a uh, duplex cookies like ghetto Oreos, and you take them and you you you, you take a cup and you scrape out all the white shit, put that in there. You crush up the cookies. Um, it's, it consists of a, a jar of peanut butter, a little bit of sugar. You don't have to have sugar. You can use the cocoa, and then you uh, you heat all that stuff up and kind of mash the cookies up and then you create a, a, a topping sauce with like the the filling of the cookie. But you can get crazy with it. People crush up M&Ms and put them on top and all that other stuff. Hmm. Okay. I so think we sell really good. People make a lot of money off fudge. I don't buy it ever really. But uh, yeah, that shit moves. Hmm. Uh, do you think we're good with fudge and taffy? Can we go to the next hustle? Yeah. Other than fudge is a dollar. A bar is usually the going rate. Okay. A little bit more expensive than a taffy. Sure. (laughs) Rich kid shit, right.
Uh, and even though it's making fudge out of uh, just just regular little stuff in a microwave, uh, still illegal. Yeah, yeah, still illegal, and it's good though. Like people that are good at it are like they make a base for it. It's fucking good, man. You'd be surprised how creative people can get. Hmm. Yeah, it's definitely illegal. Any exchange, I'm not allowed to give you a soup if you need a soup. Loaning and borrowing ticket is what it's called. Wow. Yeah. So the, the entire you can't. So if your buddy's starving, you can't be like, "Here, man, I wasn't. I don't like this flavor soup anyway." I mean, we can and we do, but we're not supposed to. We're not allowed. Technically, we're not allowed. And you can get a ticket for it. Impossible. We have gotten tickets for that shit. Hmm. Okay, let's go to our... Yeah, loss of privilege. Let's go to our next um, hustle, ink. Oh, tattoo ink. It is fucking raining out here. I'm the only one out here. I'm huddled between two fucking phones right now. Um, We're going to wait it out. Fuck it, right? All right. You guys need to know about how to fucking get your prison hustle on, right? I just want you to, I just want you listeners to know the sacrifices I'm making for this. <laughs> yeah, uh ink also a hustle that I did. You know, you remember I was doing tattoos in the world. So uh yeah, ink is um it's hard to find a, a good tattoo artist and I still run into people that know me from years ago. I don't do that shit anymore, it's in my file and stuff. And it's too risky and you know, it wasn't fair to my family and and even to, you know, my kid and all that shit. If I'm in here fucking around risking, because tattooing is one of the more dangerous hustles because if you get found with the motor or the needle, that's a class one dangerous contraband ticket, which is, that's time in the hole. So they never caught me with anything, but they were, they would find paraphernalia like ink and shit in my cell and uh, the little tubes and stuff like that. So they knew, but they could never catch me with the shit. I had little, uh, little stash spots sewed into my boxers for the motor and shit. So I still have run into people here who, uh, at every joint I go to that are like, hey, bro, you still working? And I'm like, no. And they're just like, well, what, you, what about just me? I'm like, no, I can't do it, man. Promise the, promise old, the old same producer I wouldn't be catching no class ones anymore. So, yeah, that's a, that's a complex one. We could do a whole episode. Yeah, I think we're going to because uh, you telling me how to make the uh, the rig, the whole, the two different ways, the ink, how you, uh, uh, the funny anecdote about slipping catfish a little bit of something in his coffee, and then what teeth he had were then black because <laughs> yeah. of the ink. <laughs> yeah. um, Tattooing is a is a big hustle. But how much? How, how do? You, what's that? What's it cost? depends on who you got, who, what you're charging. So, like, like if, if if you wanted to do a whole sleeve, someone would probably charge you, like, 100 to 100, probably 100 bucks, 150 bucks. You know, there's only a couple people I've found in here that I'd really let work on me that are actually good. Oh, so you're saying uh, yeah, most, somewhere around. most prison tattoos aren't that great. Wow, that's a shocker. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, uh... That, that, Oh, I don't want to get too much into tattoos because I know that we can do a whole episode yeah. on that. So let's uh, talk about drink. Also a class one, substance abuse, liability, but you can make a killing off it. You have to... Uh, and had I known what it took to make fucking shitty 
but on, like surprisingly strong alcohol. I would have been doing it when we were 15 years old back in Palm Bay. It's just sugar and orange juice. I mean, you can make it out of different stuff, but that's the main thing. And, uh, yeah, that's that's one, $4 a bottle. It used to be 3 when I first came down. And a bottle's like a peanut butter jar full, okay. a peanut butter jar full. Um, Content-wise, runs you about 4 bucks a piece. Um, clearly poison. Tastes terrible. I once saw Grand Rapids. Oh, we were in the bathroom at the last spot. <clears throat> and I wasn't a big drinker, but he would always love chasing substances. Altering the old fucking mind, and uh, he would like peer pressure me into it sometimes. So we go in there, and I know how much he hates it. So I'm making fun of him, and I slam mine real fast, like a whole tumbler full. <clears throat> and I'm actually arguing with Pink because he drinks all the time and he can't. I end up slamming it faster than him, and just we're just competitive assholes. We look over at Joe, and he's sweating, trembling. Trying to finish this one, we're like, he's almost laughing. Tilts his head back, projectile vomits into the air, gravity does the rest, brings it back down into his mouth, <laughs> all over his fucking face. I, I'm on the, I had to shower because I'm on the fucking bathroom floor, dying laughing. <laughs> it is poison. He was. I'd never seen him so fucking sweaty and disheveled and red-faced. <laughs> so fucking great. But, yeah, it's it's poison, surprisingly strong. About a, Your drink, it's about the strength of a good mixed drink. You know, like a really heavy pour on, like, a vodka and orange juice or whatever. That's about how strong it is. Mm. It'll get you there. Blackout. Whoa. Three or four, you're, you're, you're really fucking stupid. But the next day, you're paying for it. Yeah, that that seems like a questionable idea in prison. Yeah, and it's really fucking stinky, and it's hard to uh, mask the smell because you got you know that shit when it's going, you got to burp it because it's you know the bottles will blow up or the bag will blow up. And uh, when I was in level four, I had I'd got um, one of the big spray bottles like to clean shit with, and I'd found a in the trash can I'd found a a coke like a a pop bottle top. And so you could put it on there so it would hold pressure. And my new bunkie, my bunkie, my very first bunkie is here at this prison now. And he was telling this story the other day. I completely forgot about it. So I get, we bring orange juice back from the chow hall, fill it up, put sugar in there, and get it going. Now, you want to take the fucking popped top of the, the, the cap off that every couple hours to, to, to burp it when it's really going. And so we go to sleep, and there's this loud just thud. Ooh! And I fucking wake up, and I'm like, but I'm not fully, you know, I wake up, but I don't get up. And I'm like, what the fuck was that? Because there's lo loud noises all the time in prison. And then I just start smelling the shit. I go, holy shit. I get up, and it had blown the side out of the fucking bottle where the seam is on the bottle. It had mm -hmm. blown the side out of it and just soaked, like, a bunch of sheets. Out of, I'm like, get up, get up, get up. Watch the door. Go by the fucking door. And, like, stuff, like, clean sheets under the door so the smell doesn't get out. And I'm ripping sheets up and flushing them down the toilet. It's, like, 3 in the morning. We got to where they only sell with the light on, just, like, panic mode trying to clean the shit up. We got it all cleaned up, though. But, yeah, that's a, that's a risky one. The next hustle on my list I see is laundry. I think that's a weird one. Yeah, you can't. That's not something. Any the other ones I mentioned, anybody can do those things. I mean, you want to be talented at actually tattooing, but it hasn't stopped anyone in here so far. So, 
Yeah, uh, I'm doing like I'm doing shit. You're doing not, shit. Not not pleased with the fucking output. What are you talking about? I just don't like the way it fucking sounded. I'm a jackass. I don't know if it's the rain or fucking what. I don't know. It's because I got shit on my mind. I don't know. If you didn't notice, then uh, maybe I shouldn't have noticed. But I was not impressed with my performance. No, you're doing fine. Check it out. We were talking about laundry, and the yeah. the last thing you had said was uh, you need to be talented for laundry. It's not like the other things. No, no, no. You can't just do it. Like, anybody can't just do it, and that's because which we're going to have to do some sort of episode on prison jobs, the jobs they make you do. Oh. Uh, so this one, to have access to, like, the laundry, actual, like, washer and dryers and shit, you've got to be one of the laundry porters which is a hard job to get. And a lot of people, I I had the chance to get I don't want it because you're doing it all fucking day. It's all you're doing is people's laundry. So you do everyone's laundry. You got to do that for free. But if you want specialized shit like bleach on your stuff, um, folded, cleans, washed separately, and you pay for that. And also... There's uh, alternating days, right? So each joint's different. So Monday, Wednesday, and Friday will be whites. And then Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday will be blues. And then Sunday will be, like, sheets and shit. So if you want to wash whatever you want to wash, whenever you want to wash it, and get it bleached and folded and all that other good stuff, then you pay. It's usually about a bag of coffee a month. And they'll do uh, they'll just wash your shit. So that's the- a good hustle. Like, go ahead. There, there's the, in prisons. There are you can find uh, a local fluff and fold, uh, but it costs, and it costs about a bag of coffee. Yeah, here they do single loads, which is um, like two soups. Which because see at other joints they wash your shit in the unit with you, right? So you know the laundry guy, and then they bring it back to you that night. Here. They do. They you put it in this big bin. They send it out, and you get it back two days later. So it goes somewhere else. And I have nice stuff that you it's hard to get, right? Like I have a, a maximum security blue T-shirt that you can't get in here. I have like uh, wife beaters and boxers. And is, by the way, is that politically correct? Still, when are we going to change the term for those <laughs> wife beaters? And uh, I got so I got stuff that I don't that people would want, right? So. I'm real iffy about sending the stuff out. So if you pay the guy, he'll wash it right in there in the washing, the small washing machine and dryer. So I do that like by once every two weeks. I'll take like my some of my my sweatsuit and stuff like that that I that I don't want to risk losing and uh, and get it done, but pay for a single load, two suits. Yeah, but you can make good money doing that. Hmm. Yeah, you can be loaded in coffee. Or yeah, soups. But you can pay in whatever. It's all anytime uh like I give a price, which is ridiculous, I'm so institutionalized. A coffee is three dollars and sixty cents. I just say it like you guys fucking know what it is. Yeah, I have no idea. So a peanut butter's three twenty nine. So you could give a peanut butter and a soup. You could give What to equal soup. one coffee. Yeah, to equal about three sixty, three fifty. And if a if a bar of soap costs sixty something cents, you could do the math and trade, you know, 14 bars of soaps yeah. for three laundries or whatever. Well, here's here's the thing with hygiene. <clears throat> you, I always ask first. I always go, you take hygiene? Because some people will be like, no, I need food. 
you know, because food is a you know better commodity, more more uh, more valuable, you know. So, but I'd like I'll pay my barber in hygiene. He doesn't give a fuck about that. But the, my laundry guy will also take uh, hygiene. But you don't just assume people are going to take hygiene. You gotta. I mean, you you can if you're an asshole. But I always ask you take hygiene. Right, and hygiene even has an exchange rate. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it does on like the gambling table, which is another hustle. I was going to get to that one a little bit later. Yeah. So how about we talk about shoes? Which is something right now. I just, see, I do a lot of these things myself, right? So I'll wash my own boxers when I'm in the shower and stuff and then hang them up to dry because, I, you know me, I'm on, the, I'm on the budget. I'm balling on a budget, jailing on a budget. So I got these nice, wonderful Nike tangents that a, a comedian friend of mine paid for. And uh, they're my nice shoes. They're supposed to last me a couple of years. They're all mesh. They're just beautiful fucking Nikes. And uh, I've had them about... Uh, almost a year now, washed them twice, just washed them three days ago, which means I got to fill my trash can up, clean it all out, fill my little trash can up. Just, it's a whole process and they got to dry overnight and whatever. So they're looking super crispy, but standing out here in the rain, there's dirt everywhere. So it's just, when the raindrops hit, there's, I just look down, I'm like, holy fuck, I got to, God damn it, I just washed these things. So there's guys that do that shit. Um, I've never paid to have my shoes washed because I just do them myself. It's a, it's about a dollar usually, but um, it, it definitely is a convenient thing to just give someone your shit. But I, I have, a, I feel like, well, I feel like I'll take more time and do a better job. And I'm in prison anyway, so I'll just take a night and just instead of writing, I'll just be like, I got to clean my shoes and then do that. Yeah, I remember. that's a, a less popular hustle. There's not, there's not always a shoe cleaner guy at every joint. The other ones you've named so far, they're at every spot. How about a fix-it man? Fix-it man. Now, this is the most you get what you pay for. Not all fix-it men are the same. And it's all based around electronics, right? I have a fix-it. At the last spot, I had a fix-it man. Well, there was a fix-it man there that could take apart your tablet, unlock the volume, turn the volume up to whatever you want. It could do all kinds of shit with it. I've had to have my buttons replaced on my tablet, because I have my novel and I have a bunch of my writing stored in the calendar section of my tablet. And if, and if it fucks up, like the buttons do, because they're made planned opposite lessons, they're made cheap as hell, so you have to order new ones. But I will lose all that if I order a new one, I, I, which means I won't be able to take my writings, edit them, and resend them out again and shit. So this is like a Cadillac that I'm not going to just trade in. You know what I mean? So I had to, I had to have had the buttons changed and batteries and all kinds of shit. And, same with my TV and shit. So those guys are hard to find. There's always a fix a guy who will fix your ear, your uh, your earbuds, your headphones, your wiring stuff like that. I got a nine finger Mexican that'll do some of that stuff, but that's not a prison term. He's that's a code word for. It's just like some prison. Like what's in that? They're asking other people in prison. You got a nine finger Mexican in your? <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, those guys. There's not a good one around here. That can do. I have. Let's just say that there may have been a dude of Korean descent who also has a TV with a remote in it, because this is something you probably don't think about. Our TVs, you can't. They have no speakers in them. You can't just. You have to plug in either headphones or earbuds to listen to them. And uh, you can you can also get a remote, which a remote. It's a wired remote, so you plug it into a thing on your TV, so you can lay back and 
really live the fucking high life and change your channel without having to sit up and do anything about it. But uh, those aren't allowed either. And uh, you're usually one shakedown away from them finding your remote and taking it, which may or may not have happened to me since I've been here. <laughs> you're living high on the hog. High on the hog. I have... I have Velcro too. At the last spot I was at, I had Velcro. I could take the feet off of my TV because it's a flat, one of them little flat screen, 13 and 13, 14 inch TVs. And uh, with Velcro, I have Velcro, which you're not supposed to have. And I would Velcro it to the bunk, the bottom of the bunk above me, so I could just lay back, <laughs> lay back like a real genuine piece of shit and watch TV. <laughs> People would walk by and go, "What the fuck? What? What? Huh?" And just all confused. I'd be like, "Just keep it moving. There's nothing to see here." Yeah. Just a remote and just chip crumbs on my chest. Uh, is a is a fix it man? Well, you said you get what you pay for. So, so if the if it's a, something really intricate, then you got to pay the fix it man a lot. But he must be better be good at it. No, it's not that you got to pay him a lot. It's just that hopefully you can find one that can do it. Like I, my buttons are fucked up now again on the old tube, and there's no one here I trust with it. To you know what I mean take it apart and to fix it you know your 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 tv is is like your is like your car it's like how you experience the outside world you know what i mean and all that shit and it's not a it's not like earbuds i don't give a fuck if i send my earbuds out i've got a couple pairs so then they come back a little wonky you know but mm. tv that's a that's a mainstay you got to have that i think it's a just a side note that we'll talk about maybe uh not on the podcast i don't know but to think that your television is your only window to the world and knowing, you know, what the news does and and what, how media is so slanted one way or the other, it's like, wow, that's that's got to be tough. You know, you think you're getting legit what's going on, but it could be... Could I be think a, uh, one of the techniques is Channel 12 is CNN, Channel 14 is Fox. So I think the best you can do is switch between the two and be like, okay, these assholes are lying this in this direction probably, and these assholes are probably lying a little bit or cheating a bit, a little bit in the other direction. And uh, yeah, it's tough, man. I, I swear, I go through bouts where I just swear it off. Where I'm like, I'm done with this shit. I watch the local news for the weather, and but I watch. Listen, I watch TV shows in here that. If the old me had known about, it would be, let's just, there would be, there could only be one. We'd fight to the death about this one. <laughs> Terrible. Like, I don't even, I can't even say it on here. Like, love and hip-hop. Shit, bullshit. Like, Vanderpump Rules, my favorite reality reality show. I know you don't know what that is, but of course there are not. people out there that should stop listening to us right now because I said that. <laughs> <laughs> I might hang up. I don't even know what the fuck it is. <laughs> Okay, let's go to the next one before we fall off the cliff. Uh, uh, another hustle, Smut Peddler. This is its own. This is its own podcast. Old pornography in the prison system. I wrote a piece called uh, "Make Pornography Great Again," all about this. If you guys want to check it out, I know from the pen. You guys are a little more in depth. And uh, yeah, it's uh, now these guys are a rare breed, and and like. If you can just imagine what a dude who deals in in contraband pornography in prison would look like, you're not far off. <laughs> you don't care what you think. You're not far off who that person actually is. Now, anything showing penetration in prison is contraband. You cannot have it. But I don't know if we've talked about this before on here, but you people do have it. 
you know, sometimes someone will have a full penthouse and go for like 75, 80 bucks, a full hardcore. There's a, there's, there's some people have these, uh, John Stagliano Buttman magazines, which are super aggressive hardcore. And they go for like a hundred, 150 a piece, all color glossy. And, um, but you know, those, you already know I'm on the budget, so you're not going to find old body with, with any of those unless they're rentals or something. Uh, but that's a whole nother thing. You're going to rent porn. Like just wear gloves. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. But, uh, yeah, so people will make uh, the the lesser. Those are the Bentleys. The Cadillacs are like the black and white Xerox copies together. And if we're going to stick with the car analogy, I guess like the Hondas will be like the, the super Xeroxed ones that are like kind of cut out so the black ones glued to regular white sheets of paper to make a full sheet. And then they are all the way down at the end of the line, past Pintos, like I guess a rickety beach cruiser would be and this is what the nine finger Mexican deals in and I never stop giving him shit about it. So I'm like, let me see your let me see your ladies. And he has a I call him serial killer profiling material. It's just a stack of like random cutouts of and I use the term porn in the loosest sense of the word. It's like old Playboys from nineteen eighty four up to like current ones. Um Girls in just bikinis sometimes, and then random snippets of black and white hardcore that's so grainy, you might as well just use your imagination because it's not. And so when so, when you ask, you can tell a lot. I think they should be used that for profiling people. And uh, by that by that measure, the nine-finger Mexican shouldn't get out of prison for a while. <laughs> <laughs> that's not fair. Well, I mean... I'm like, don't ever give me some serial killer shit like this again. He's like, what do you mean? Yeah, we can uh, go ahead. We can fucking nail these out. I uh, Nine Finger Mexican got into it with somebody, so uh, I'm going to have to go take care of that in a minute, see what's going on with all that shit. But it doesn't seem to be DEFCON 5 yet, so we're all right. All right. You, uh, let me know if you need to leave. Uh, of course. Yeah, I'll just, you'll just hear the phone go. Yeah, yeah. It should be all right. Everything, I think everything's all right. So we were talking about extortion uh, and or the squeeze play and how that's extortion, and you had just said that it's uh, there's a tricky moral gray area for that one. Now, also, I have 10 more hustles we got to get to plus questions. Let's go. Let's just go through them so everyone knows what they are. Because really the thing is just, you know, to paint a picture of what people do in here in order to, to, to have a little security or just literally for survival so you have enough food to eat. Um, I, I, and you know, call me blessed or whatever. I didn't come from a fucking wealthy family or anything, but certainly I didn't really know hunger until I came to prison. It's a real fucking thing, man, where you're like, where food commercial, you, ne- you never realize how many food commercials and restaurant commercials are on TV until you're in prison or jail and you're starving and you're like, fuck. I, I hate Pizza Hut. Every fucking day, it's never looked so good in my life, not a fucking, fucking place. <laughs> they put another goddamn commercial on a cheesy bread or some shit because it looks so fucking good. So, yeah, like, uh, we don't, I don't have to go into to depth about all of them. Just wanted to paint a picture so people know, like, what's going on, the economic atmosphere created by these fucking rules. And then, you know, I'm sure there's some metaphor about crack and drugs in the inner city. You know, they make shit illegal and then make it the only way for you to survive or, you know, one of the main ways to thrive. Bag shaker. Get mad. Yeah, get mad. Bag shaker. That's someone shaking the bag. Someone that, uh, a dope man. 
that's actually making big moves, making real money, money in the world, sending to the world. The, those guys are real risky. Don't stay out of joint for too long because people fucking tell because there's a bunch of rats everywhere. But, yeah, that's a big one. That's Whoa. a big one. How about uh, legal beagles? Yeah, guys that uh, will do your legal work for you because uh, when you come to prison, you've got a certain time to file your appeals on your on however you've been railroaded through the system. And um, the catch-22 is by the time you learn, you know, legal shit is like a language, but by the time you become fluent enough in it to, to have a chance, your, your time limit's up to file your appeals and shit. So those guys are... Those guys are important, and those are expensive. I spent hundreds of dollars on my appeals. Went nowhere, but <laughs> naturally <laughs> had to give it a shot. Yeah. E- even being a legal beagle is illegal. Yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. You can't even get caught with other people's paperwork. Yeah. Even if you're helping them. Yep, you're not allowed. All right, uh, barbers. Now this is like a big. This is almost up there with toilet paper for me to have a good barber. You know, it's about me. I wasn't super, like, vain about, like, making sure everything was on point out in the world. Right? I had my own style and shit, but I wasn't, like, everything wasn't always super immaculate. For whatever reason, I don't know what it is, if it's, like, the long stretches of sobriety or if it's, like, one way to exercise a little control or, quote-unquote, freedom in a place where, obviously, it's hard to find. But, like, I have, I like that I have nice shoes and I have a watch and my hair is always cut, and, which is weird. I mean, I know that it sounds weird, but for whatever reason, it's kind of important to me in here. And uh, so having a good barber, because I don't just have, like, the fade, the bald fade, shaved head. I do that sometimes, but my hair's a little longer on the top. And um, That's, like, a big it's, – like, it's good, and it's a relief to have a, a decent barber around, which isn't always the case. Pay about $1.50 a haircut. Two, if there's a really good barber, I'll pay a really good barber two, $2 a haircut. And um, – you know, when I have my way, I'm probably every 10 days I'm getting my hair cut, maybe every eight days. But now, the fucking all this shit going on, it's like once every couple of weeks. But that's a good hustle. They're always busy. Now, there's a actual barbershop at each prison, but you can only go once a month, and you have to do this whole bureaucratic shit where you got to fill out the shit and get on a waiting list, and then get a call out, and I ain't got time for that shit. Uh, prison tailors. Just what it sounds like. Add pockets to the, the new shitty pants they give you. Um, sew shit up if you have the nice four-pocket pants with the belt loops and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, just what it sounds like. They're, uh, there's usually one of those at every spot. Um, I, that's also something I've had to learn to do myself. That's easy to learn. How about Hallmarks? Guys who make cards. Now, when I was in quarantine, when I first came from county, I was doing that so I could have something to eat. You know, I've always been into art, drawing my whole life and painting and stuff. Um, but now I only, uh, I really, once I really, really started focusing on writing, I was never, I was always good at drawing, but was never passionate about it. You know, when I was young, I would do it to get, like, attention or, or praise or, or whatever, validation that I could do something. But I was never, like, passionate about it. Writing is different. And so I just, you know, after I stopped doing tattoos and shit, I stopped drawing and, um, I do birthday cards for my kid every year. It's the only time I draw now. And, uh, but there's people that make birthday cards that are eh, about a dollar a piece. But they're birthday cards, Christmas cards, every holiday that comes around. There's Valentine, you know, Mother's Day, Father's Day. You know, you go buy a card and send it home. 
Um, those guys are everywhere. There's always multiple card guys. Yeah. You wrote down, or you sent me a, somehow I wrote down Chuck Taylors. I have no idea what that means. I think that's just Taylors. I think Mom might have sent that. I think that's all that is, the prison Taylor. All right. It seems like there's some sort of converse reference that, but I don't, whatever. Uh, the house. This is an interesting one. Oh, yeah. This is uh, people who run gambling tables, poker tables. I've had bunkies that have done it. It's a full-time job. Um, you go out there, you got to have the torn-up decks of cards as chips, and then you got to have the, the regular decks of cards you're going to play with, and you gotta, you're the house, right? So you got to keep track of everything, who's up, who's down. And I don't know exactly how it works. The house makes a cut of everything. So um, you're always a... It's a full-time pain-in-the-ass job, but you, you make decent money doing that. And you run a, basically, you run a card game is what you do. And those, uh, at most joints, there's a, they're, they're really going on. Here, not so much. You know, people, you don't need a house if you're just gambling on spades or dominoes and shit. But if you're going to do poker and shit, Omaha, Texas Hold'em, all that shit, yeah, you can make money. But Prison casinos. Yeah, yeah. They run a table. They're called housing. It's like a verb. Who's going to house today? And wow. sometimes they'll take turns, you know, because it's a pain in the ass. And a lot of times the guy housing wants to play too. So, you know, he'll house three days a week and the other guy will house the other ones. All right, let's move to the next one. How about the coffee man? Oh, simple. Um, buy in bulk, bags of coffee, make little shots out of them, almost double your money. Now, those little those little hustles like that are a, a soup, a ramen soup per shot. And... um you know, you almost always store that shit. Like, when you, to, to say, like, on credit, you say, like, till store, you got, you know, you're doing store pieces or store shots, and they'll be like, yeah, you know, maybe give you three or four till store, and you own soups and shit. That's a, that's a simple, easy hustle. But that's also when um, gesture day comes around, you better have your soups to pay back the coffee man. Yeah, but those are more the store guys that are the, really the problems because coffee shots, you only owe a couple here and there. Store guys, you know, if you're a dope fiend and you, if you go get 20 bucks from them and you, now you owe 30 and shit just didn't work out and you owe three different store guys 30, then you get to flailing your arms around and trying to figure out how the fuck you're going to pay for it, you know. Or uh, come up with a good excuse on why you're not. Last one I got here is uh, soda pop dudes. Yeah, this is the first joint I've been to that has actual vending machines. And uh, in order to get that shit, you got to order a pop card or a soda card off the store. Then it's got to get here. Then you got to put money on it, load it. And uh, most people don't plan ahead that much in prison. Surprise, surprise. So there's pop guys who always have those. And instead, of, they're $1.50 a pop, but they sell them for two bucks. So they just make, you know, they'll keep some on the side. I had a Dr. Pepper last night, the first one in months, and it was so amazing. <laughs> and, uh, it was just, I was just in there like, uh, like just my, my neighbor's like, you're all right. I'm like, yeah, I'm better than all right. I'm drinking a fucking Dr. Pepper. And that's how long, you know, I've been in Michigan. I'm calling the shit pop now. So also stop listening <laughs> to us. <laughs> Nosedive off a cliff. <laughs> um, there's one more that I didn't tell you. And it's actually the nine finger Mexican shop. If you, they're closing the yard. Fuck you, I'm going to get this out. If you uh, were to buy, like, a TV off somebody that's not yours, they got to take the number out of the back that's, like, engraved into there, that's uh, soldered into there, and put a new one in. Nine-finger Mexican, a whiz at it. I've also had to learn to do that for my own uh, benefit. They're going to run me off the fucking phone here. 
All right, I guess we're not going to get to Carlos' questions. I mean, we can later if you want to just uh, add that on to the end. Uh, this fucking guy's telling me to hang up. I love you guys, and uh, I'll give you a call later just to check in anyways, all right? All right, man. Don't get an LOP. Get in there. Yep. All right, man. See ya. Let's go to questions from Carlos. Carlos from San Francisco. You you cool yeah. with that? Yeah, I should update you on something. You yeah, in Dirty it, Max? I am in the Dirty Max, and is everything okay with the 9FM? 9FM? Yeah. Minion tattoo. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Everything's fine. There's... In development with me though, <laughs> oh. it's nothing too big a deal. But I'll probably have some LOP comments, some inside baseball for you. Oh, uh, would you like to discuss it? To, yeah, yeah, we can discuss it. And uh, but I'm pretty sure it's a major, so it's a class two, a major misconduct. So I'll have to get hurt on it and then go through this kangaroo court and shit. But uh, I was in the chow hall, and, uh, you know, we're at them little steel four-sided tables, but they're only um, seating two people at them right across from each other because corona or whatever. Yeah. But they're supposed to be, you know, people get up, and then there's people, a bunch of people in there that wipe them down and then, you know, cycle people back through and shit. And so uh, you got to sit, they sit one side of the table, like... You know, there's four tables on one side, and then the, the four, four people in front of me go to the first, second, third, and fourth table, and then the next four people go down the other side and go to the first, second, the other side of the first, second, third, fourth table. I'm on, like, the last table, and there's shit all over the table, like, chewed up, like, just shit on the table. And so, like, that's where I'm supposed to sit, so I'm standing there as a CEO there, and I'm like, it is table. I'm, gonna, I'm just holding the tray, you know what I mean? Because usually they'll like be like, oh, shit, hold on, and they'll come wipe it off. Or the CEO will be like, just go to another one. So I'm standing there, and he's like, just sit down, and then, and then he'll come wipe it up. And I'm like, sit down and then wipe it up? Like, what What are you talking about? Like, nah, no, you know what I mean? And um, so I'm like thinking, like, either, they, either someone needs to wipe this up, or I'm going to go sit at another table. And he's like walking away, and he turns around, and he's like, sit down and eat, right? And uh, I'm like, yeah, all right, well, how about this? I just drop the tray on the table and walk, like start to walk out, you know? I'm like, and we're supposed to take our tray when we're done and hand it to somebody and dump shit up. I just left it on the table. I'm like, nah, you're not going to talk to me like that. I'll just leave. I won't even eat. I don't give a fuck about this. I mean, I'll go to bed without fucking dinner. I don't give a shit. And uh, he's like, let me get your ID. And I was like, right about to keep going, but I'm like, nah, he'll have me on the technicality. If I do that, so I turn around and give him the ID. He's like, I'm not going to ask for your ID. I'm like, you did, though. You just asked twice for it. I'm like, real calm. I give him the ID. I'm like, listen. He said a couple other things like, uh, it's not going to fucking kill you or whatever. I said, it's not about killing me, man. It's dirty. This is the big. People have to wipe it up before we sit down. And so I said, you're not just going to tell me to sit the fuck down and eat like I'm some three-year-old and expect me to listen. I'll just leave. And he's like, I was like, you do whatever you got to do. Right to whatever you got to do. He's like, I'm going to. I was like, all right, well, clearly, you know, I just took my shit and left and shit. And, uh, yeah, so I'll probably get like a DDO disadvantage. But he's going to, it's going to be hard for him to write because he didn't say, I'm giving you a direct order. You can't give me a direct order to sit down and eat. I can leave the chow hall whenever I want. I can sit down, stick my finger in my fucking macaroni and cheese and get up and leave if I want. You know what I mean? I don't, and he never told me to pick the, I don't know. He's going to have trouble, but he was all worked up and, you know, I used to feed into that and get, like, real fucking fiery in the chest. And 
I'm proud of myself. Not anymore. I don't feel. But again, I do the same thing again. You're not going to just tell me to sit down and fucking eat in front of a, a group of my peers and expect me to do it. I'll just leave. I don't give a fuck about it. Like, I don't need this meal. And if I do, well, you're not going to know about it. You know what I mean? So, I'll probably have a couple. But I haven't caught a major ticket in years, so probably won't be but a couple of days LOP. So you're not going to be able to make phone calls? Yeah, I won't be able to make phone calls. But I don't know if they're still doing the corona shit where I can call in the morning or whatever. But, uh, you know, maybe we'll have to bank a couple of these in case the kids are oh, loss of privilege, yes. <laughs> I've been I've been uh trying to tease the the meaning of LOP like uh loss of privileges, loss of privileges. Yeah. And now here we are. We spoke it into yeah. existence. <laughs> and then uh old the nine finger Mexican comes and checks on me because I just left and went and grabbed my shower shit and waited for the shower and he's like, You all right? I'm like, Yeah, I'm fine. He's like, Why do we always get shit together? I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I'm fine though. I didn't usually I carry like this fire around with me for a while in the chest, but didn't even have it. I was just like, man, you're not going to talk to me like that. I'll just leave. And uh, he was well worked up. I don't know. He must be going through something or whatever. But like I said, I know the consequences. I'll take the fucking ticket. And, and again, I do the same thing. You're not going to just bark orders at me. You know? Yeah, and the tragedy I, is... Go ahead. No, nah, I was just going to say, when I go up there and get hurt on the ticket, if it's a major, it's a sar- it'll be a sergeant. I'll get a point. To class one, to class two, give you points to your classification level, but it don't mean shit. I'll have like one point. You know what I mean? I've been out of staying out of trouble the last couple of years. So, and I'll talk real nice to the sergeant. Like, listen, when you guys uh, have COs that escalate these tense situations, whatever. <laughs> so that'll be all right. Yeah, but the real tragedy is when CO gets home to his wife and she gets black eye. Yeah, well, the problem is is he probably goes home to a cocker spaniel and not a wife, which is probably what the old hubbub is about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because he's a divorcee from beating the first wife. She was smart enough to leave. Yeah. I mean, he's whatever. He'll be all right. I, uh... I don't know. So, so just, I just wanted to let you know that's my comment. But, yeah, let's get into the, uh... Let's get into the questions from old Carlito... Yeah, so uh, Carlos in San Francisco, <clears throat> he wants to know if there's any political organizations in prison. You know, it's funny. I was just thinking about that, and I and up until about two days ago, I would have said no. But there's this 23-year-old kid in here who's brilliant for his age, brilliant in general, really smart, who's a libertarian, ran and was elected in um, some northern Michigan area for local alderman. I don't know what the hell it was. But uh, he's studying economics. He's got his, uh, I think, his bachelor's. When he gets out, he's going to try to get his master's. And we've been talking the last couple of days, and he started um, a libertarian party. Wow. Let's get out. Yeah. He's real motivated. He listens to free talk radio or something on AM, SM, internationally. I don't know if you heard of it. No. Not, uh, if I have... Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so he's got that going. And, uh, like I said, there was, uh, an organization I was part of. It wasn't political, National Lifers Association. And it's, uh, usually it started as people doing life sentences, but then they opened it up to, you could be a board member if you'd done, if you were serving more than 10 years, which I was. And, and so I was uh, the external administrator for the local chapter that we were a part of. And it was just, you know, the administration 
doesn't do a whole bunch in stuff for like creative writing classes or victim restitution class, shit like that. So we would put together those things and pitch them to the administration, which almost always tried to shoot them down. So I did that for a little while, but you know, eventually, uh, eventually fell back from that, just because it wasn't really. There was a lot of resistance from the administration at the, at the particular prison, Ken Ross, I was at. Which also, if you look up Ken Ross, Michigan prison, you will see a riot that took place there, like right before I got there to fill some of the spots um, of the riot that popped off in, I think, 2016 or 2017. I heard it on NPR. I was listening to NPR, the national NPR thing, and they were talking about it on there, so it's pretty big. Wow, weird flex. All right, uh, Carlos has more questions. How how is the white supremacist uh, slash uh, black dude relations in prison? Like if if there's a dude in my head, if there's a dude walking around with Nazi tattoos that openly says the N word, you know, in, ending with an R, uh, like uh, how does that? I mean, I know you're in Michigan, so it's, it's very you know segregated or not segregated, but it's very integrated. Mm-hmm. Well. Up until this last year, year and a half, and this might have to do with me being having been in higher levels, but when I was in higher levels, white people were the minority. There wasn't enough of them to to have, like, a white supremacist organization and not get run off the yard. You know what I mean? Not get okay. Yeah. Uh, but in the ensuing years, it's like, I swear, looking around, it's like half white people now. And so, and I made the observation probably about six months to a year, about a year ago. I said, there is enough white people for them to start getting outwardly racist. And I don't know if it's just that I'm, I wasn't a level two at the time, but I don't know if it's just a level one. But there's, there's, there's some of them, but I, they're not really moving nothing. And, uh, no one's running around dropping hard R's out on the yard. That'd be a problem. There is a, a guy that's like schizophrenic that'll, get to going in a cell across from me up on the top gallery. And then one of my homeboys on the top will go like, hey, shut the fuck up. Stop saying that. And he'll go, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> and I'll start dropping. You know, fucking child molester, son of a bitch. Da, 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 da. And, uh, but yeah, there's there's not a lot of that here. Um, Wait, did, 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 does does he have Tourette's or he's... Uh... No, he's schizophrenic. Okay. I, I, we assume. He's the one that um, stopped by my buddy chef's cell and then said... Uh, how much protein do you think's in jizz? <laughs> and he was like, "What I listen, whatever you're thinking about doing, don't do it." <laughs> I think it's a my solid answer, question. Solid question. My answer was not enough. <laughs> not enough for you to whatever you're considering doing. It's not enough <laughs> to, to do whatever it is you want to do. This is also a quote from the guy. Yeah. Like, the universe has ways of telling you stuff. Like, when you try to stick your 10-year-old dick inside a dog's pussy and it doesn't fit, and then you realize it's not meant to be. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. He should have his, speaking of podcasts, he should have his own. He's walking by right now. And then he'll be, like, mumbling shit, dropping hard R's, and be like, hey, how you doing, bud? And <laughs> then just keep going. But people... People know he's nuts, and then sometimes people will be like, hey, sure, stop saying that, and then he'll go, oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, people get enough of it, and they're like, uh, uh, we know you're nuts, but shut the fuck up. Stop dropping hard R's. And, and so that makes me question, because he'll go, all right. And then he'll just go on to the pedophile shit. He likes ranting on pedophiles, too. So, yeah, yeah. there's not a real uh, uh, big problem with But that. he had to find out his dick didn't fit in a dog pussy. So he's mad at pedophiles? 
that's how the universe told him uh, it wasn't meant to be. And yeah, I don't know. You know, <laughs> I don't. I haven't questioned him yet about uh, his anger with pedophiles. Yeah, and we're the last people to uh, make fun of um, uh, mental health issues. Way to clean it up there. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, uh, Carlos from San Francisco wants to know, uh, what are the libraries like? Different by, uh, depending on the joint you're at. Uh, the, when you're in quarantine, it's literally a cart, like a little push cart, <laughs> like in county jail. The first, uh, the other joint I was at had a nice one. I've only been to one joint where you can actually walk around and peruse the books. They don't, uh, we don't exactly have the best track record for not <laughs> stealing shit. So mostly, usually they're behind a desk and you have to fill a, a little, a little sheet out and then they'll go look for whatever title or author. This joint, I've been in, I've walked past there to get my hair cut and, uh, it looks like a pretty nice library in there. I need to, once they open up after the corona shit, I need to go in there and, and peruse some of the reading materials. Mo, you know, I have a bunch of books and I'm fortunate enough to have people send me most books that I need or, or really want because I'd like to actually own them and not have to read them at a, you know, in a week or whatever. So yeah, so they're all right. They're, uh, it depends on what joint you're at. I've been at terrible ones where there's just nothing there. And then I've been at ones that are decent and, you know, like let's say they're chest high shelves. Maybe there's one, two, three, four. Five, if there's five of those, six. If there's ten of those, it's a really good library. Okay. It's a five-star library if they got ten uh, chest-high bookshelves. I imagine books on both edges. Yeah, five-bar library. Okay. Yeah, all right. That's like a, uh, a whole bag of coffee. Yeah, it's it's all right. I need to go over there at some point. I want to look at... You have one minute remaining. I want to see what Vonnegut books got over there, so I don't have to order them. Hey, since we're pressed for time, uh, I have one question that kind of uh, piggybacks on Carlos's. Do you want to tell your story about uh, any librarians? Uh, what, editing my shit? Yeah, and then maybe sending you some stuff anonymously. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had a. There was I was at a joint where uh, the librarian's real nice, and I asked if she would edit my stuff and look it over, and she liked it a lot, and wow, she she gave me good feedback, and then she gave me two books. One is uh, Victor Frankel's A Man Search for Me, uh, A Man Search for Meaning, which she thought my writing reminded her of, and then another one was a book on psychedelics, and then she uh, kept referencing this um, Elements of Style by Strunk and White as far as grammatic uh, uh, gra uh, grammar and stuff, and then a couple of days later, I received it anonymously in the mail, so. That's super awesome. Super awesome. Great. This inmate's daily allotted time for personal human connection has expired. You may try again tomorrow. And remember, have a wonderful, wonderful day, 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 day.